Hi, this is Yuri Nair. Welcome to the Awkward Mind Podcast. If you're here, you must be interested in developing your mind and improving your life through self-education. Unfortunately, developing your mind can be a real struggle when you're constantly being bombarded with negative digital noise from those pesky devices all around us. To tell you the truth, I felt frustrated myself until I discovered three simple steps to declutter my mind from that digital noise. And now I wanted to share those steps with you in the hope that it'll give you the tools to tune out the noise so that you can better focus on the things that will nurture and improve your mind. For that, I put together a free video series that walks you through the simple process of decluttering your mind from the digital noise. Are you ready to get rid of the negative clutter for good and tune into your real mind? Then head to awkwardmind.com to grab your free video series now and start your journey to a better mind today. And now, let's get on to the show. Hi, this is the Awkward Mind Podcast. I'm Yuri Nair. My guest today is Mike Thomas. He comes from a proud background of a military family. He himself served in the U.S. Army for seven years, finishing his service as an E5. In the Army, Mike was introduced to the Amway business, and with mentorship, he started that successful marketing and production distribution journey, and by the time he was 29, he was financially free and never had to go back to a job again. Now Mike mentors other aspiring entrepreneurs on how to develop a mindset of success and how to free themselves from the rat race to talk about personal freedom, independent thought, giving to others, and much more. Here's the man himself, Mr. Mike Thomas. Mike, welcome to the Awkward Mind Podcast. Hey, thanks, buddy, man. It's good to see you again. Good to talk to you again. How you been, man? I've been, I've been awesome, man. Just holding the fort down in New York. But I, I like your scenery better. For those of you that are, that are listening, Mike is out in beautiful uh, Arizona. I see blue skies, trees. He's got a cigar. The man's been free for, what, 17 years now? Yeah, 46, 29 to 46. I, I stopped doing math when I stopped working a job, so. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, Mike, so before we get into, into all that, all that, I'd love to unpack the freedom stuff, but you were in the field artillery for seven years in the, in the Army? That's correct. Did the artillery pick you or, or did you pick it? Funny story, man. I tell a lot of people today, you know, I was in I was in trouble a lot as a child. So school wasn't my thing. You know, I was always in and out of anything you could get your hands on, I guess. Um, hated it. I hated school with a passion, bud. Matter of fact, my ninth grade year, I had a .001 average. And uh, I showed up. I remember at the end of the year, I showed up to do my um, uh, English exam, my final exam in English. And the teacher looked at me before I could even sit down. She's like, what are you doing here? I'm like, take my final exam. She goes, son, you could ace this and still fail. See ya. I turned around and walked out and uh, ended up in summer school. God, I didn't like that. I think I hated that more than I did the school year. So I got 101 average in summer school. And then my mom was like, I knew you could do it. I'm like, oh, God. But I didn't want to do that again so i ended up paying attention in class and got on a work study program back then you could go to work half the day and and uh, go to school half the day and your work actually counted as credits for you graduating and i graduated with a 3.8 so i brought it up from a 0.001 to a 3.8 so it's not like i was really dumb i just didn't want to do the work and i hated sitting in a classroom you know so when i went to join the army I kept playing around with the ASVABs. You get them in high school, you start taking them in 10th grade. I remember my 10th grade ASVAB for the army. I, I drew little houses and the little dots. <laughs> it was just a way to get out of class. I was happy. I did it again in 11th grade. And by 12th grade, they said, you failed this one. You're not getting in the army. And I'm like, whoa, all right, let me go ahead and take it. So I took it and I, I basically aced the ASVAB test. When I went to go talk to the recruiter, the only branch of the military you could actually pick your job was the army. So I said, okay, we're going to play that game. And uh, I, I sat down to do military intelligence, to be honest with you. And um, they, they brought up three of them. One was, um, uh, what was it, a linguist. The other one was um, interrogation. And I forget what the third one was, but 
I got stuck on interrogation. I'm like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. You mean I get to interrogate people? Oh, this is going to be good. Yeah, I'll do that. That's what I'm going to do. He said, okay, we have a series of three more tests to take. Whoa, hold on, man. Tests? Yeah, you have to take some more tests. What else do you have? And boy, like a car salesman on a car lot, that dude knew he had me. He's like, well, we got field artillery. I'm like, what's that? Show me a picture of stuff blowing up. Come on, man. I was an 18-year-old kid, you know. Things blowing up. I'm like, oh, yeah, I like that. Let's do that. And there started my career in field artillery. But uh, I got to hand it to you, man. You brought in the introduction, you know, when you sent out that email and asked me to do a little bio. I put on there for everybody's listen. I put on there, you know me, Yuri. And uh, it's been a while since my past has been brought up. I've got it, man. Your memory is just fantastic. How you remembered the years and the rank and all that. I'm, I'm impressed, buddy. <laughs> I'm impressed. And for those listening, thanks, Mike. For those listening, an E5 in the Army is what? That's a sergeant? Yeah. Right? Came, yep. Knocked that out in about three years. Uh, did it pretty much fast track, you know, then I got hurt pretty bad when I was, uh, I got stationed over in Germany and we were getting ready for Bosnia and, uh, Somalia. So while I was doing that, it's called NTC. It's when your unit trains to get qualified to go to war. We were all going there. So while we were in the midst of that, I got hurt pretty bad. And that kind of put a halt on my 20 year career for the army. So fought them for a couple of years, try to stay in. And they said, no, nope, I'm going to give you $16,000 and you can leave. So as you said in the introduction, I wasn't planning on business for myself. I wasn't really, I didn't have a plan B, you know, army was all the way, no college background. Actually got a full ride scholarship to Penn state though. I was a pole voter in high school. I wrestled and pole voted and um, they offered me a full ride into Penn state. I turned it down to go in the army. <laughs> so many people think I'm crazy, but, you know, if I would have went to Penn State, you know what I'd be doing tomorrow morning? I'd, I'd, be, I'd be going to work, man. So thank God I went in the Army because being scared and now married with two kids at the time, um, we started our family pretty young. I met my beautiful wife, Autumn. I met her, geez, I guess I was I just turned 20, and she was 18. I knew her for three weeks. She came to say goodbye to her mom and dad before she went in the Army. They were stationed in Oklahoma at the time where I was and uh, spent the summer with her. And then she left. I was like, Oh crap. I don't want her gone. So I called her up, asked if she married me. She said, yeah, we've been married 26 years now. 26 so you, years. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Mike. I, I was going to say, so how did you, how did you know? I guess we might as well unpack, unpack that. Although I, w I wanted to also ask you about like lessons that you learned from the military. I know you didn't get to do the 20 year career, although in retrospect, you probably, Happy about that? Oh, yeah. Big time. See, when I was, like, again, that was that was the whole goal was to do the 20 years. But once I got married, I was fired up because, you know, I'm married. I got a soldier for a wife, too. That was cool, you know. But then we got pregnant with our first kid. Well, she got pregnant. It always makes me laugh when guys say, we got pregnant. Like, really? Like, you went through that? I doubt it. Anyway, she got pregnant with my first boy, Leo. And when that kid came out, dude, my whole gung-ho, ready to go to war, went away real quick. Um, matter of fact, all my craziness kind of settled down. I just wanted to be a good dad and a good husband. So just kind of worked on trying to do right, you know. So being kicked out of the military on a medical without a college background, when I got introduced to the business that we're in today, I got introduced by a CW3 and a colonel. And anybody with a military background knows anything about rank, the only thing you say as an E5 to a CW3 or a colonel is yes, sir, no, sir, whatever you want, sir. So when they brought this business to me, I was like, okay. I had no idea what it was. Matter of fact, I thought Amway was more of a, a – I grew up in Delaware. It was a very industrialized state. And uh, we had a gas company oil refinery there called Amco. And that was the first thing my mind got into. So I thought I was getting into oil for some reason. I didn't care. I just needed to do something. Like I said, you married two kids, no background, no college. I blew stuff up for seven years. Thought it'd be pretty hard to find a job. So I said, all right, you're going to mentor me. Let's figure this thing out. And uh, 
I'm sure we'll get into it here in a minute, but there was one thing said to me when I got started. He said, buddy, if you're not afraid of failing, you'll do okay in business for yourself. And I'm like, afraid of failing? What? I've done that my whole life, man. He said, well, good, because one of the things for success is to make sure you fail your way forward. So if you're, if you're comfortable with failing, you're going to do fine. I'm like, well, damn, this is going to be awesome. So we kind of went on from there. Uh, you asked a question, what was one of the things I learned most out of the Army? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I learned, that's right. I learned to embrace the suck. I don't know if that makes sense, but... What, yeah, can, well, I, I know you pretty well, so, but for everyone listening, can you ex- expand on what, what you mean by embracing the suck? Yeah, you know, we're all brought up in our lives, you mean included before the Army, even though I was in trouble all the time, kind of went against the grain a lot. And... Um, we're all taught up to go to school, get good grades, get a good job. If you get a bad grade in school, you get in trouble. You, you, you're bribed to get good grades. I'm sure most people's parents were like, hey, I'll give you a dollar for every A or five dollars for whatever it was. You know, B, C. My mom was like, hey, if you get a D, I'll be happy, you know. And um, but you just you just get brought up to really not work that hard. I mean, what really, if you stop and think about some of the hardest things people do, they study hard in college. Maybe they had to put on a good interview for somebody, you know, average people in their everyday work, there really isn't that much that's a challenge um, compared to what can be a challenge. Not to take away from the challenge, don't get me wrong, it's all in perspective. People feel what they feel, think what they think. But when I went into the military, and you're forced to do things you just never thought you could, never dreamed you would, and never wanted to. <laughs> but you have to do it with a good attitude just to get through it. Um, you learn real quick to do things you don't like to do at 110%. And if you can learn how to do that, you get out into the world, the normal mundane things of going to work, trying to do good there, that, that becomes mundane. And you, you really get hungry for something more. You know, we were talking a little bit before this, and I told you, I've known you for a while, but, it, and man, when I first met you, you, you were a rarity. Even as young as you were, you had the, the wisdom and the mind and, and the hunger of somebody older that's been through an awful lot, and you were really determined to make something happen. And you had that energy that a lot of young people have. You know, you look at the military, it's all young people that really worked that thing. You, you couldn't get somebody my age to go do half the things I used to, you know. Even if I physically could, I wouldn't want to. <laughs> so if you look, when I met you, you were the same way. You were willing to do whatever you wanted to do and needed to, and you worked hard at it, man. You always have. I'm real proud of you doing this now, putting this together the way you are. You're going to do great at it, man. You really are. Well, so, yeah, I appreciate you know, that, Mike. Thank you. Yeah. Go learn, ahead. How to go, learn how to go through things you don't want to go through. And as long as you can force yourself to do it at a good, you know, with a good attitude, you can basically accomplish anything you want. I mean, there's a lot more that goes to success, but, you know, that's, that's a good start right there. So this business allotted you basically unfettered freedom. So what does freedom mean to you? Freedom doing what you want, when you want, where you want, with whoever you want to do it with. My mentor taught me that a long time ago. That doesn't mean a lot of money. That doesn't mean any one specific thing. It just means controlling your circumstances and the outcome of them the best you can. So you have choices to do what you want to do. And do you think most people are just comfortable having someone else provide maybe guidance or almost a safety blanket? And that's why most people don't have the mindset to, to do what you've done? <laughs> I think you're dead on, man. And unfortunately, that's where most of the world uh, has been brought up. You know, our parents and their parents, everybody basically grew up in an industrial age where, you know, landing a good job somewhere, you could keep it for a while. But with everything changing with the information age, the way that it did and the generations growing up differently, information coming out, you know, all the social media and instant info, you can't think that way anymore. You've got to rely on yourself and not be comfortable with somebody saying, yeah, I got a job for you. I'll give you a paycheck. I mean, if anything today, you just look at the pandemic that happened. Regardless if you think that it's a scamdemic or if you think it's the most serious thing ever, uh, either way, it's affecting you. So if you could take control of yourself and say enough is enough, you know, I'm going to find a way to make my own way, well, then you're not going to get affected by out 
you know, outside sources, like what's going on with this, you know, unfortunate event today. And, and how this, yeah. how has it affected you considering the, that you're, you're free? The, the pandemic. Uh, buddy. <laughs> so back in 2008, when everything crashed, 2007, 2008, there was a lot of people nervous and they really got uncomfortable being comfortable. Uh, we have a saying, you know, you need to get sick and tired of being sick and tired. And our business grew like crazy then. I mean, just exploded. And uh, I, I knew as soon as this started hitting this pandemic this time around, it was going to be about the same thing. And sure enough, you know, it's pretty easy to see the trends in the world and see what people do. You know, action speaks so loud, you don't have to hear what people say. And uh, when folks start getting real nervous about their paychecks or running around looking for free handouts, um, they're scared. They're real scared. So you doing this is beautiful because, you know, I, I can't touch everybody in the world through a business like mine, although I can more than most people. Uh, you're finding a way to do it too, uh, and it's beautiful. You know, somebody can pop in with this and listen and, and really take some information from some of the great speakers you're bringing on. And uh, the great questions that you've learned to ask, buddy. God, if they just take an ounce of it and, and get the courage to go after it for themselves, they're going to find that a pandemic or, you know, a crash in the market or whatever it is that's out there is not going to affect them as bad as they might have thought. But do you think it takes this kind of an adversity event to really get people moving? Because otherwise, are we like that story of a dog that's laying on attack? On a porch. <laughs> Old Blue. You like the story of Old Blue? Yeah. Yeah, that's a anyway. great story. Um, if they don't know that story, I could tell it. Yeah, yeah real, why, why don't you real quick? Because I, I love that story. So my mentor, man, he's down from the Deep South, okay? And I grew up in Delaware. So I wasn't from the Deep South, man. And and meeting this guy was comical because he is just, he's got he's got some great stories, man. So anyway, he told me one day, he went, he was out, he better go fishing, go find a deep old hole somewhere, you know? And uh, he goes back out in the middle of nowhere to do this and he finds an old country store. And he's like, well, I, I gotta get some bait. I gotta get some water and stuff like that for the trip. So he rolls in there and he's, he's walking to get back to the cooler. And you know, like you see most convenience stores, they got different rows in there. But this, you know, it's got its old shelving and old wood floors and whatnot but he walks in as soon as he walks in man he hears you know and it startled him he's like what the heck was that what the whatever man you know i'm not you know you're polite in the south so you don't you know make a scene so he's just i'm ignore it i'm gonna go get my stuff <laughs> excuse me he takes another couple steps you hear that howling again man really really put some chills up his up his spine man and jim was telling me he said, man, that, that really scared me. I was like, oh, I'm going to get my stuff and get out of here. So he grabs his water. He, gets, he goes into the cooler for some bait, goes up to the counter, goes to pay, and he hears it again. And he's like, all right, look, I, I'm sorry, ma'am. You know, I, I, I didn't want to ask nothing, but what on, on this screen? What is that noise? She said, what noise? And there it was again. Oh, that, that, that sounds like a ghost. I'm sorry, but what is that? He, he goes, oh, that, that noise? Oh, son, that's just old blue. He said, oh, Blue, yeah, that's my old hound dog sitting down that first aisle over there. Why is he crying like that? Oh, he's sitting on an old rusty nail. Is he, what, what, why is he sitting on a rusty nail? Why don't he get up? I guess it don't hurt him bad enough yet. And I heard that, man, and I'm like, yeah, that was me. That was me. Before I met my mentors, that was me, just thinking, I just do what I'm supposed to do. I'm going to get a paycheck and I'll be okay. But you're not going to be okay. People are not going to be okay if you just think somebody else is going to control your life for you. You got to get off that nail, man. Got to do something for yourself. So, so what do you think it takes to make that mind shift and start thinking for yourself to get off the nail? Or does the pain just have to be great enough? Because that's the thing I'm trying to fight is I'm trying to say, hey, you don't have to wait until it's unbearable because it might be too late by then. Unfortunately, the way we're brought up in this society, it's going to take something for most people. It's going to take that. 
even ones that feel like they're ambitious and they want to go after it. You know, they were growing up thinking, okay, yeah, you could do anything you want, man. You're, you're an awesome kid. You're the smartest kid. You're the strongest kid. You're whatever, you know, cause our society gives a trophy to everybody. Now you really don't have to apply yourself. You really don't understand what failure is yet. So these people grow up thinking that they can do whatever. And however, and then they go out and they try to, they really have the intention to grow and be that person that's going to make it. And unfortunately they, they, they face that little bit of adversity or that challenge or the failure and they stop, they stop. And, and they stop because if your dream's not big enough, man, it ain't going to work. If your desire to succeed is not big enough, it's not going to work. So because of that, it normally takes pain of some sort, a situation or something that becomes more uncomfortable than the idea of failing yourself forward. You know, in my case, it was being stuck with a wife and two children and no way of earning an income sufficient enough to do what I wanted to do to take care of them. You know, I didn't start my business to think I'd be retired before I was 30. I didn't start it to be a millionaire. I didn't start it to have no bills. I just started it to make a paycheck somewhere so I can make my car note that I just bought. <laughs> you know, but being around mentors and having people there that can guide you and take you and say, okay, it's okay that you did that. That's, that's not a big deal, man. I learned from it and move forward. And every little step and see people have all kinds of diff different definition definitions for success. And it always boils down to it's success is never the destination. It's always the journey. You're, you're never going to do one big thing and make you successful ever. It's always going to take a lot of little decisions, good, right decisions. That's going to take you step by step closer to closer to what you were really dreaming for. You got to have the tenacity to stay with that. You got to have the strength to do it. You got to embrace the suck enough to keep your eyes on the prize and not worry about backing down. And what role do you think mentorship plays in that? Is, is that the key that maybe? It is 100% the key. I don't, I don't care what people think, feel, say, do. I don't care. I don't care if you can pull a book off the shelf to say you're the key to everything. You're not. Because eventually you're going to run into the position that you don't know what you don't know. So if you're the only one counseling yourself, how can you possibly teach yourself something that you don't even know is out there? So you have to be humble. You have to be willing to grow. You have to be willing to be counseled. You have to be willing to have somebody take a look at the steps you've taken and say, hey, man, let's try this instead. Hey, you know what? You put a lot of energy into that. That's a good thing. Why don't you try this too? And, you know, a good mentor is not a friend. I'm not talking about going to your buddy that makes the same amount as you and ask them to do, hey, man, I got this idea. What do you think? What would you do that for? You got to go somewhere to somebody that's living a lifestyle. Not, not exactly like you, just has the choices and the freedom to do what they want and then ask them to stretch you. You know, I, I would have never made it to where I am today and I'm not going to be able to make it any further unless I stay counseling with somebody that stretches everything that I believe. So why then do you think so many people, even though they're not maybe necessarily happy with what they have, are still trying to go through life on their own? The fear of doing something new. They could say anything they want that, oh, I'm going to do this, man. I've got this plan. I've got this idea. But if they don't have somebody to hold them accountable, nobody to pull out the fact that they might have failed, then they never really failed in their mind. They're just always trying. And they think, well, as long as I keep trying, I'm going to make it. It's not true, man. You have got to put yourself in a position where somebody is going to hold you accountable for what you speak. You know, I remember when I first started business for myself, I kept saying I was going to do this, I was going to do that, yada, yada. And uh, that's when I got taught real quick that, hey, you know, action speaks louder than words everywhere. And I'm like, what? He said, look, your actions speak so loud, Mike, I can't hear what you're saying. And I was like, all right. All right. Thanks for rocking my tree there, buddy. So with that, I decided to do stuff, mess it up enough to go back and talk to him and learn from that to find out what to do better next time around. You know, really, if you can find somebody, I tell people all this, I tell people this all the time. If there's anything different that I did than most people in their 20s did, is that I listened, I humbled myself enough to listen to somebody teach me stuff that I didn't know. I, I allowed myself to be mentored. Now, 46 years old, I kind of grew up in the era that, you know, we watched ourselves, we were latchkey kids. 
we didn't have somebody over us all the time. We didn't have helicopter parents, you know, nobody to always say everything was okay. So we had to be self-sufficient at a very young age. So when I got to an adult, I didn't feel I needed anybody. You know, I was who I was and I was that way because of me. And uh, how wrong was I? <laughs> now hope for society, being where I'm at today and building this business as long as I have, I'm really getting excited about the generations today because the younger ones are absolutely open to mentoring. And again, I think that's why this is such a great thing that you're doing. So I said, yeah, absolutely. If I can get on there. And if I get one person that's listening that can get excited about anything to do, you know, have the strength to do it on their own, I'm excited. Well, that's awesome. Absolutely. And you're absolutely right. I mean, that's why I started this thing is if we can change just one mind and get them to, you know, improve that mindset, then basically, you know, it's a cliche, but then life is, is your oyster. You can do whatever you want once, once you get your mind right. Absolutely, man. I'm taking a walk away from some children right now. <laughs> We're getting a lot of right. together. We meet up here every night. You know, I just came over to the playground. We free, we free to the swings for them to play. So that's awesome, man. That's awesome. And so, what would you say to someone who's like Mike? But no one's around to mentor me. I don't know how to. Where do I begin in trying to find someone who's going to guide me like that? Well, if you're not afraid to talk to somebody that's truly successful, they'll be willing to help you. See, one thing I was afraid of, like, you know, I grew up on the wrong side of the tracks, didn't have the money or the background. So everybody that was doing well in life, I thought I had a silver spoon. They were lucky. Little did I know that if you find somebody that's truly where you might want to be in life and just have the courage to go ask them to help you, you'll be surprised how many of them will. And if somebody says no, keep asking, you know. When somebody came, that's what I said in the beginning, when a chief warrant officer and a colonel offered to mentor me, I could have been arrogant and said, man, I don't want you, but whatever, man. You got this scam. You got this thing. You got whatever. But I, I had enough common sense to go, wait a minute, man. They're living a lot nicer than I am. And I can at least listen to some of what they're figuring out, and maybe I can have it too, you know. Just don't be afraid. And again, that falls into fear, and almost everybody has it. That's why they stay where they're staying. Hopefully listening to this stuff that you're putting together or somebody like me ever comes around and says hi to you. Listen, just listen. You know, when somebody like, you know, a lot of people, when I first started the Amway business, it seemed like everybody I talked to in the beginning, they're like, ah, what do you want out of me? What are you trying to get me into? And unfortunately that was the way I was approaching them because I was new to marketing and new to everything to be successful. So I thought that if I got people going in business, it would make me a lot better. And I didn't realize that I had to wholeheartedly offer them the same program that I was in where they could be mentored and learn from the same people that I was learning from. It didn't necessarily have to be me at that time to be the leader, but I at least had to open the door for them to learn. So when I figured that out and I started offering people a chance to have the same thing that I was being taught, my life changed a lot, an awful lot. Then you start opening up and you learn how to be a leader and a mentor. And you go from being selfish to selfless. Yeah. And what is, what is that transition like? Cause you've also gained a lot of freedom through the transition. It sounds like, and there's a huge debate right now over individualism versus collectivism and individualism has this, has been branded as this completely selfish thing. And so what are your thoughts on some of that? Uh, to answer what you asked me, you know, one of the questions that you asked prior to doing this was what was probably my, my major hurdle, my biggest, uh, you know, issue, I guess, to succeed. It was me. I was always in my own way. And uh, that's because that transition is not easy. You know, when you're a very selfish person and growing up the way I did, I started working at 12 years old, paying my own bills, making my own way. So everything was about me. I'm like, look, I can work hard. I can work long. I'm, I'm not, you know. I'm determined, I'm stubborn, I'll get what I want. That's very selfish. Everything was about me. As a matter of fact, my mentor one time told me, he says, hey, look, Mike, stop saying show me the money and start saying show them the money. And that sounds like it's an easy thing to just change the mentality on, but it's not. You, you really gotta take into account, it's not just in the activity that you're doing for money 
it's life. It's a lifestyle that you have to turn into. You know, again, that's one of the things that was very strong with you and why I still talk to you today, but is you've always been a selfless individual since I've known you anyway. And uh, it's, it's a transition, but worth it. If you're going to be selfish, you're screwed. It, you could say anything you want to say, whatever, you're screwed. Even if you come into money, you're not going to be able to keep it because you can't be selfish with money. You can't. Money is just a means to make things move in the world. It isn't an end all. So you can't run your life like you're going to accumulate all of it and be done. You got to be willing to help other people, man. Zig Ziglar says it all the time. You'll get what you want, but you'll get it when you help enough other people get what they want. So when you can learn how to give 100% of you without expecting something in return, other than the law of compensation, the, the, the law of sowing and reaping, the law of cause and effect, it's all the same thing. If you understand that that works for you and you can truly give 100% of yourself and not worry about a return from any one individual and just know that it's going to come back to you some way, somehow in this universe. When you learn how to believe that and you have faith in that, you'll do good. You'll do real good. That's what changed for me. And, you know, we've known each other for a while. And I'll tell you, man, I've done business for a while. I've been free for, like you said, 17 years. But in the last three years of my life, the increase in every aspect of my life has just jumped a hundredfold. And a lot's happened in my life to make me realize a lot more than I thought I knew before, but I didn't. So the growth of success is a wonderful thing. As long as you're willing to go through what you have to. So what do you attribute that, I guess, that new leap or those new lessons in the last three years? We went through a lot personally in our lives that was, uh, well, most people would end up just kind of quitting, but I never did. We, we still sewed into everybody. We still were there to help whoever needed to be helped, no matter what I was going through. I mean, I've had nine different surgeries in the last three years and uh, lost a brother, a stepdad, and a mother in the last three years. Been in four different car accidents, uh, children going into military, coming out of the military, uh, both of them ending up with PSD pretty bad, PTSD pretty bad, and, uh, you know, just stuff, man. But all of it is a blessing, every last bit of it, when you learn how to find it. One of the things you learn when you start succeeding in life learning how to make all them good decisions, the small ones, like I was telling you about, is you learn how to identify things. And there's, there's a saying out there, a lot of people might know, if not, you're here right now, but out of every adversity, there's a seed of equal or greater benefit. And that's absolutely true. Unfortunately, with the selfish mentality most people have, they think, okay, I stubbed my toe, something good's coming. Nah, man, no. Nah. You got to listen to that saying. Out of every adversity, there's a seed of equal or greater benefit. You need to learn to identify that seed. And then you need to cultivate that seed and have faith that that seed is going to grow. And when you learn to do that, that's when the benefit comes. And boy, does it ever. So whenever anything goes bad in our world, my wife and I, we know it's for a reason. We know we need to not dwell on it, not get drawn down by it look at it and say, okay, what's good out of this circumstance? What can I do now to be better? And when you learn how to do that, you start cultivating that seed that you find. And that's where you start getting the blessings and the, and the, 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 uh, the, the reaping of anything that you sown. It's pretty impressive when you do it, you know, it's just actually becomes fun. Yeah. You know, peace of mind was one of the biggest things I ever wanted out of the, out of my life after meeting Jim Maynard, my mentor. And uh, when you have peace of mind, it doesn't matter what's being thrown at you. It doesn't matter if there's a pandemic. It doesn't matter if the economy crashes. It doesn't matter if personal things are going on. Peace of mind is there because you know it's going to be okay as long as you do the right things. You know, and like I was taught by Jim too, if you do the right thing, you never got nothing to worry about. And if you're selfish, bud, you ain't doing the right thing. You're not. When you take your mind off yourself and you help somebody else out with whatever problem they have, it's amazing how yours gets solved pretty good. Yeah. 
Yeah, that makes sense. Thank you for that, Mike. And so I guess another question to expand on that, how did you then, what was the mind shift that helped you then go from being a mentee to slowly becoming a mentor? Well, we can go back to that action speaks louder than words. So when I learned in the beginning to start saying, show them the money, you know, in my business, I realized it wasn't the money I needed to show them. I had to be a pillar. I had to be there for them when life was rough for them. And no matter what they were going through, I had to tell them it was okay and just give them the courage and the confidence. And, you know, we always see in people what they don't see in themselves. So you got to learn to bring out the positive that they have, even if they're going through something rough there's still something in there that's shining. And if you can be there to encourage them through that, that'll help them get through their tough times. Well, as you bring a team on, you end up having people involved with you. So you learn to say, okay, well, what is it that you're going through, bud? What can I help you with? You know, do I, do I need to travel out to New York or, you know, what, what do you need me there? You know, and you just be there for them always. And uh, when you do that, you, you ultimately start mentoring without even realizing it, you know? You just learn to be there for somebody else and they start growing and, and prospering and you're like, wow, that's kind of cool. And, you know, I've had a lot of people come and go out of my Amway business, but one thing I, I like, and there's a lot of people that's left my business, not liking me because my background's pretty fun. And, you know, I like to be kind of straightforward with folks and uh, they might've gotten mad and left, but one thing's for sure. They've always grown. Even if they left, they always grown. They've always done well in life outside of it too. Yeah, that's for sure. I guess you can, you can leave the Amway business, but it never leaves you. The principles never do. You're right. That's the funny thing about Amway too, man. It's like a lot of people think they're coming in, selling a bunch of products, doing this and being another job. And it's not, you know, my mentor taught me real, real quick. He said, you want to work yourself out of a job, not into one. So if you can develop people to be better than you, you never have to worry about it. And that's all he ever did with me was encourage me, man. Gave me the confidence to go out there and take life by the horns. And I sit back and hope somebody's going to do it for me. And that's all I ever try to do for everybody else. Right. I guess it could just be simplified to that principle that he showed you how to fish rather than handing you fish after fish after fish. Yeah, exactly. He taught me how to fish so I can keep eating instead of giving me a fish to eat for a day. Yep. I guess I promised we'd uh, circle back to it. So why don't we talk to me a little bit more about family and what it means to you and how, how did you have the mindset at 20 after knowing Autumn for about three weeks to say she's the one and made it work all these years? Well, uh, when I met her, I kind of gave up looking for girls. <laughs> I was done, man. I mean, I had a lot of girlfriends, a lot of party and all that. And it was annoying. And when I met her, I wasn't trying to meet her. And uh, we just kind of had a good time together. When she left is when I was like, ouch, this one hurts, man. I don't like not having her around, you know? That's why I asked her to marry me. And when I asked her, it wasn't like, a, hey, let's see if we can try this. It really annoys me in our world today. Yeah, why don't we get married? Why not? Because we we see if it can work. What are you doing? You know, if you never made a real decision in your life, you, at least, you should at least make one then. <laughs> You're going to say, let's get married, let's get married. And no matter what a marriage goes through, man, as long as, and this is huge, as long as both of you are willing to work through it, you will always work through it. Always. Now, I'm not saying getting divorced is a you know, horrible thing. I'm not doing that because there's a lot of people that get married and one of them might want to try to stay together forever and the other one just doesn't want to work it out. In that case, you know, it is what it is. But as long as you both want to be together, it'll be fine. You can work through anything. And then when my children came, you know, I grew up without a father, just my mom, and never seen her because she was always working. I just refused to have that for my family. So my whole idea of the business and my work ethic in it and what I was willing to go through, the, the suck that I knew I needed to go through, I was just willing to do it. Uh, my kids were way more important in my emotions on whether or not I wanted to go out and build something that night. You know, you're taught, and this took me a long time in the business too, by the way. But you're taught in our business a vertical alignment that you need to follow. And it's, again, I'll always 
refer back to my business, the Amway business. But it's just the principles that they taught. And these principles are the same no matter what you do if you want to be successful in life. So I was taught you need to put God first, then your family, country, and then whatever you're doing for money. And our, our society flips that big time. They stress everything over money. Jobs, career, starting a business, whatever it may be. They put all of that first. And when I first started the business, I did the same thing everybody else does with a job mentality. I went after the money. That's why I was told, stop saying, show them the money, start, you know, or me the money, start saying, show them the money. Well, after about 10 years into the Amway business, you know, we, we were already financially independent, but I was stuck in life. Like it just wasn't moving on for me. I had a lot more problems with the family, just new, new things come. New, every time you grow, something else comes into the, into the window, into the doorway. And I had to learn, I wasn't putting my, my uh, I was putting my wife and my family at that time before everything. And uh, that's not good. And I, I learned real quick to put God first. And when I did that, everything else kind of put, put itself in place. So I, I am religious. I believe in a big time, you know, people can, they, they I don't, they do today. If they don't, I don't mind. I'm just, that's me. That's where I make, you know, that's how I got to where I'm at. So I pray every day, twice a day. I thank God for everything I have. Matter of fact, affirmations are a big thing that everybody listening to this is going to hear through more than one of your speakers, bud. And uh, I spend a lot of time in the very beginning, every morning I'd wake up and I'd, I'd speak my affirmations in the morning to get me up and going. And uh, later on in life, I realized, you know what? If I'm going to have faith, which we're supposed to, faith is belief in the unseen. If you don't, don't, don't know the definition of that. I figured, you know, if I'm praying to God, can God you, wants Mike, to have I'm sorry. Can you, can you say that again? Faith is what? That's faith important. Is, Faith is belief in the unseen. You have to believe before you see it if you ever want to have it. You, you, you don't know what it is you're going after. You'd already have it. So you have to have faith that you're going to have it. So you have to have faith in the unseen. And you have to believe in the unseen. So if you don't have that, you're just kind of chasing your tail. You, know? you, you really got to learn how to have faith, which is belief in the unseen. So I learned in my prayers to do that. You know, if I'm going to pray to God, God wants us to have faith. I mean, you know, people that follow Christianity will tell you, you, could, you know, from childhood, if you have faith of a mustard seed, you can move a mountain. Well, I figured <laughs> my wife kind of taught me this one time. I kept, I kept praying for wisdom. And I said, God, give me wisdom. Well, if you know what wisdom is, wisdom is experience and going through a lot of problems to gain wisdom. <laughs> and boy, were we going through it. <laughs> and she said, she said, hey, Mike, I'm glad you're praying, but but could you please stop praying for wisdom and start praying for money? Because <laughs> we were so broke at the time, man. I, I made $1,000 uh, uh, a month, and my rent was 925 I had $75 a month to live off of, and that, that wasn't cutting it. So, But we were growing like crazy at that time, too. I just needed to kind of put it all together. So yeah, I started, I started saying, okay, in my prayers, why don't I pray for what I want as though I already have it? So I would thank God every day. I still do that. I thank God every day for what I want as though I have it. See, we need to learn how to speak. See, we mess this up real bad. We always speak what we uh, uh, don't want, but we do have. Instead of speaking what we don't have, that we do want. And, and that's so funny if you think about it. We always complain about what's going on in our lives. And so that's what we keep speaking. And we got to stop doing that. You know, no matter how much you talk about it, complain about it or cry about it, you still got it. So stop speaking that and start speaking what you do want that you don't have. And do that with, with passion and authority. When you, when you can do that over and over again, you, you attract to you in the world what it is you want. And you end up finding it. When you speak all the crap that you're living through, well, ain't no wonder you keep living through it, man. You bringing it right to you. <laughs> so anyway, in my affirmations, I've learned to speak that. Speak what I do want that I don't have. Do you mind giving us a few examples of what some of your affirmations are? Uh, you know, one of my uh, affirmations, I remember my, one of my last jobs I had, I used to have to walk there all the time from where I parked and Every time I'll be walking, I'll be like, man, I'm, I'm having a great day. You know, you started off, I, I would start it off small, kind of where I'm at. 
I didn't want to have a horrible day, so I speak that I have, man, I'm, I'm going to have a great day. This is an awesome day. You know, my business is going to grow today. I've got $100,000 sitting in my bank account. I don't have any bills. You know, I say stuff like that all the time. And then, you know, to our business, we're always marketing, looking for sharp, young, you know, people. So I would say that all the time. I got sharp, young, productive people coming to my team every day. And I just spoke that all the time, every day. I made it a routine. And it's funny because it happened, you know. That's where I was able to retire and uh, paid off all my bills, have more than six digits put away, you know. So you do that. So now you just, I do the same thing. I just speak more, <laughs> you know. Now, now it's like I've got seven digits put away that I don't need, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you for that. So, Mike, I know we've been going for a while, but I just have a few more questions for you, if that's cool. Two. And I guess the first one of yeah, those would be, why are you optimistic about the future? Because I have control over it. <laughs> I mean, that's basically what we were talking about, you know, having the courage, you know, losing fear, fear, fear stands for false evidence appearing real. So if it's false, why, why get hung up on it? Right. So if you can lose the fear and get the courage to just go ahead and not be afraid to fail, well, then you start having control over what it is you're looking for. So, I, you know, my future is in my hands. You know, if I want to pay raise, I just go out there and help more people. You know, the more people I help succeed, the better off everybody becomes. So I could sit back and just honestly, financially, and where we're sitting today, I don't ever have to do another thing in my life. But that's not doing the right thing. That's being selfish. You know, I remember when we finally came into a lot of money and, and just had everything squared away to where even our kids and grandkids are squared away. Jim Maynard, he straight up was like, hey, you're not going to quit, are you? I'm like, what? what? No. Why would you think that? He said, I just want to make sure you know to pay it forward, son. You know, you've been blessed and you need to make sure other people are too. I said, well, of course, man. <laughs> of course, you know. Never even dawned on me that that would, you know, I would stop doing what I do for a living because it's not a living. I don't do it to make money, you know. So it's just what, rewarding. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what does helping other people mean to you then? I put my head down at night and sleep just fine. Every, every day that I spend out there doing what I do for a living, I know somebody else is becoming better. So I said something about peace of mind earlier, and that's where that comes from. You know, when you do the right thing, you've got nothing to worry about. As long as I put my intention on other people, I know my family's taken care of, and I have peace of mind. So win-win every way you go. No, that's good. That's good. So, Mike, I ask everyone this. So take it wherever you want. What does masculinity mean to you? I think a man needs to be a man, to be honest with you. Stop shunning responsibility. You need to do what you need to do. There's so many guys out there. There's so many women out there today that are forced into doing the things that they're doing. And it never really gives them a chance to, to fulfill what, what they can. You know, they're too busy trying to take the man's role. And if a guy would just stand up and be one, not be so afraid of everything in the world, you'd be surprised. I mean, I, I mentor a lot of young women, man, and, and a lot of them are single, and a lot of them are in relationships that they're just not fully happy in. And it, and it blows their mind because, you know, I'll talk to them and they just, I just wish somebody would be a man, you know, take care of us. Women are very excited about security. And, uh, you know, if, if, uh, if you, in my opinion, if you man up and, Go do what you can do. You know, we're, we're made to be focused. We're very stubborn individuals, man. And uh, you give us something to focus on, we're unstoppable. You just got to be willing to do it. No matter the failure, no matter whatever, you got to stay strong and stay on it. And when a woman finds something like that, they found a man. You know, because they're not, they're not afraid of failing. They're not afraid of messing up. They're always going to move on and they're always going to uh, – uh, you know, be there and, and support and supply for the family. I don't know, man. In my opinion, that's it. I raised my boys that way. And, um, it's, it's amazing. Every time they find a girl, they just didn't girls fall in love with them because they're not afraid of going out there and working their butt off. 
they don't, they don't sit back and cry over sad things. They just do what they got to do, suck it up and drive on, you know, adapt, I, overcome. I guess you and Autumn are the antithesis of uh, helicopter parents. The what? Like you're the opposite of helicopter oh, parents. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. I should stop using big words because that's yeah, dumb. <laughs> I keep it simple, man. But yeah, no, you're absolutely right. You know, we like them doing what they need to do. I mean, the kids I've always had for the most part, but we've always made them work for it. We never just gave them stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's good to help your children and stuff like that, but I don't think it's good to protect them so much that they, they don't understand what failure is and learning from that failure, you know? I mean, you don't want them to go running out in the street and getting hit. You don't want to give your kids to some idiot to watch. But, you know, if you raise them right and you're there for them, you're not hovering over them, they'll, do, they'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. And they'll even make you a grandfather. They will. What, what has that been like? Uh, a blessing. It's been wild, but it's been a blessing. Because, uh, unfortunately, um, you know, my son ended up being a single father. But he's, uh, he's a strong young man, you know. He's young. He's 22 years old, just turned it. So he started young like I did. But he, uh, he's, he's, he's just a good dad, you know. Mm-hmm. He's doing what he needs to do, but we get a chance to be there all the time because we're free. We don't have a job to go to, so we have the means and the time to be there for this young girl whenever she needs us. And that is a blessing. There's a lot of grandparents that can't do that, especially at my age. Yeah, so that's another example of what freedom affords you, just those extra choices. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, it gives you a choice. And every I mean we've traveled, that girl's been to seven different states already. She's flown five different times and she's only two. You know? We take off, me and Autumn want to go travel somewhere, we travel. Wanna spend an extra day, we spend an extra day. We don't think about it. We don't worry about time and we don't worry about money. So she gets to have memories all the time, man. And that's something Autumn taught me a long time ago. Cause you know, I was all hell bent on making money and we have to pay this, pay that, whatever. And, how can we have a good time if we don't have money to go do it? And she said, she taught me even before we knew a lot about our business that it's not about the money, Mike, it's about creating memories. So what you need in life is time. And that's not something that's readily available. So you got to learn how to develop both time and money. And that, that's kind of very unique to the Amway business, quite honestly. It allows the average person to be able to, go through some fears and felt, you know, fail their way forward. And, and through that, helping enough people succeed, they honestly earn their time back. So where my mentor said, you want to work yourself out of a job, not into one. So, you know, we did that and I worked hard at it. And by the time I was 29, able to walk away. So we gained all of our time back. I was the wealthiest person on earth in my mind. You know, a lot of people screw up and think wealth is money and it's not even close. Wealth has nothing to do with money. Wealth is everything to do with time. You don't need a lot of money to be wealthy. You need enough wisdom to understand not to blow your money, to be smart with it, pay what you need to pay, and figure out how to earn your time back. You know, when I first became wealthy, bud, I was making $3,000 a month. Come on. That's not rich at all, is it? But I was making $3,000 a month. I had all of my bills paid. I was out of debt. And I didn't have to go to work to make it. So that gave me the time to do what I wanted to do. So, you know, coming into Amway, teaching people that I taught, it wasn't about them trying to get to be a millionaire. Even today when I, when I do a seminar, I'm not, I, I, tell, I, I ask everybody the same question. So let, let's do this. Let's keep it in the reality. Let's say you, you can earn through the Amway business what you earn right now in life. So all your bills are taken care of. But now you don't go to work every day to make it. Now what would you do? And you'd be surprised how many people have no idea. They never stop to think what they would do at absolute freedom. 
So people ask, you know, why did I stay in the Amway business for 20 years and going? That's why. I can help people earn some time back. I get excited. I get real excited. That's awesome. And I guess it's not the primary focus of this talk, obviously, because you said, you know, the success principles are universal. But Very much. Since we're touching on it, what do you say to those skeptics or critics? And you've mentioned the word scam before that are just like, oh, it's that pyramid scheme. You know, almost everybody that tells me that is struggling paycheck to paycheck. And it falls down. Their, their statement comes out of fear of trying something they just don't know about. Since I've been retired and made more money and I've, I've been around a lot and I've got a lot of friends that make a lot of money that aren't in the Amway business. And whenever they find out that that's what they do, they're all like, man, I heard that thing's awesome. Yeah, that's a great way to make money. So it's all the point of view, I guess. It's all on how they see themselves in the world they're living in. So if you're coming across a lot of people that think it's a scam, it's probably because you're talking to people that don't know how to be self-sufficient. But when you got a company that's been around as long as it has, worth what it is, debt-free, privately owned, and can run in 100 countries, and you still think it's a scam, I don't think it's the business that you should be worried about. <laughs> Might be the way you look at life that you should be worried about. Because honestly, you know, I, I kid around, I tell people all the time, I said, look, I was dumb enough to get in the Amway business. I just wasn't stupid enough to quit. You can fix dumb, you can't fix stupid. So when I got started, man, and I started talking to people, I was talking to people at the same income level I was, and I heard it all the time, oh, that's just a pyramid, man. I knew somebody over here that knew somebody else that did something like that, and, and they, they just scammed me. They just blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, wow, dude, honestly, and at the time, you know, I was kind of rough around every edge. I was like, well, if it's a scam, dude, they're pretty good at it. <laughs> Multi-billion dollar company running over 100 countries. Yeah, they figured out how to do it. So if I got to be part of that scam, might as well. <laughs> and it, as funny as that is, and, and it was just me joking, you know, getting started. It was, in a way, that mentality that I had that joke for was because every place I ever worked, I was getting scammed. Every job I ever had, I wasn't getting paid the most. Even when I was a salesman and I was like, no, I'm in control of my own income. No, I'm not. I was in control of what that business I was working for was determining would be enough to pay me in commissions. So all of that, I felt like I was being scammed. This one was the only thing I ever seen that when you apply yourself, you get paid based on your performance. And that I was okay with. And the fact that you could actually mentor people to get larger than you, make more money than you, automatically dispels the whole pyramid thing. Mm. So it took me three months to pass the guy that originally put me in. So that, that's one of the things I stayed pretty excited about. I knew right away, three months in, that it wasn't going to be some type of pyramid thing I was going to get trapped into. So I kept my mind open enough to learn from people that had what I wanted and did that. And, you know, people do it all the time. They go, well, I looked online and I seen this, this, and this. Well, then why are you doing that? You know, Google anything and you'll find good and bad on it if that's what you're going to do. But if you're going to be responsible, well, why don't you search out things like the Better Business Bureau, the Chamber of Commerce, or Federal Trade Commission? You know, at least act like you're doing something productive there. But again, it's, it's basically how they're brought up in society. So, But not everybody thinks it's a scam. I mean, we all go through it. We all go through the dumb ways of marketing and we all make fools of ourselves and through all of that trial and error you learn how to actually be a professional and understand that our principles are universal and it's not just you know exclusive to Amway so you start applying the principles the right way you start finding people like-minded and then you look and find successful-minded people and that's how you grow and for those uh you know 30 something year olds that are maybe still listening to us, mm -hmm. but you know, and they, maybe they, maybe they have that seed, but they just lack the confidence. So for whatever reason, they're feeling stuck. What would your advice to them be? Look deep inside and find out what you truly want. You know, we were always taught that if the dream's big enough, the facts don't count. And again, not exclusive to Amway, that's for anything that you want out of life. So if, if you have that seed, 
that spark in you that needs to be, you know, fueled into something crazy good. You got to look in there and see what it is you truly want or truly need. And everybody asked me in the beginning, man, what's your dream to be pushing you so hard? And I said, well, you know what? It doesn't always have to be a dream. It could be a nightmare. You know, mine was the way I grew up. I just refused to have my family be in that same situation. So in the beginning, it was that. I just needed to, I needed to be the guy that I needed to be to keep a family together and raise my children right. So I just kept thinking about what I didn't have in my past and just refused to have my life be the same way. So if they have a spark, dig deep, man. Find out what in your life you truly have to have and dwell on it so much that all of the fear and lack of courage and everything else out there just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter anymore. You'll go through it. And then find yourself a mentor to help you through the tough times. Because, again, without a mentor, you're going to get stuck. Yeah. So you need a dream and you need a mentor. Absolutely. Right on. And, Mike, what's your next dream? Who will Mike Thomas be in five years? In five years, I plan on seven digits. Absolutely put away in portfolios and savings accounts. I plan on being able to do more of what we've been doing, to be honest with you, but on a whole nother level. I like putting money to places that matter. We do things outside of Amway that helps other people. And I like that, but I'd like to be able to give a lot more to it. I'd like to be able to be in a position where folks see that and they go, oh, I've got to have that. And they're just even more hungry to come around and want to learn. Mike, well, I know you said you don't, you don't want to, there's nothing to promote because you don't really do social media, nope. but if people want it, I mean, do you offer a way for people to get in touch with you if they wanted, if anything they've heard today resonated and they want to be maybe mentored by you or is there any way like maybe, maybe they can get in touch with me and I can connect them? Like what's the, or are you fully booked up right now? No, that's fine. I mean, there's, again, you know, it's no different being who I am today than what I was when I started in the fact that there's a system that everybody can learn off of. So if they want to reach out to me, that's fine. I can plug them into the system that I was in and am in and, and, and just guide them the same way that I was guided. And then I can always be there, whether they're in Arizona or, you know, Texas, New York, Alaska, it doesn't matter. Uh, we do a lot of our meetings and mentoring over zoom. So um, yeah, now I'm always available to help whoever wants to be helped. You know, that's one of the things that I've, worked myself to be at today so I could do that. You know, when I stopped working a job, that made me available more to help the people that I wanted to be helped. Right, because we've stressed mentorship so so much that there's a possibility that someone listening might have might it might have clicked for them. So I just want to make sure that they have the opportunity if it's available. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean the whole part of our uh, success and, and and anything you do well in life, again, not just reserved for Amway, it's all through networking. Um, network Amway just takes network and concentrates on it so that it can kind of work faster for you, you know, but you know, I've known you for years, man. You're a good friend of mine. And if you see somebody you feel would be good, I, I have no problem talking to them. Yeah. And maybe we can even, uh, just for a more direct contact, we can also put your business email in the show notes if you want, if that, that's, if that's cool with you. And then they can just get in touch yeah. with you. That's fine. Give them my phone number too. If they want to get to me directly. And I of check course, phone more than I do my email. That's good to know. And of course, guys, you can always email us at podcast at awkwardmind.com. That's podcast at awkwardmind.com. And if you want, we can just connect you to Mike from there. So Mike, thank you very much. It's been a real pleasure. Do you have any final words? Yeah, it's an awkward mind podcast. And you didn't ask me any awkward time in my life while I was building. So <laughs> I'll give you a couple of them. I remember being I remember being young in the business and thinking that I had to talk to everybody on earth in order to build my Amway business. And honestly, through these awkward moments, I realized that you don't have to do that, but you have to go through something to learn it. And man, I remember, I remember one time I was trying to find any way I could just to say hi to people and get something going. And I walked up to a guy in the mall one time. I'm like, Hey man, you look familiar. And thinking that would be a great way to contact somebody and get going. And, and dude stopped dead in his tracks and looked at me. He said, boy, I don't know you. <laughs> and I was like, no, nah, man, really? You really look familiar. Said, I don't know you. Oh, crap. <laughs> He's about twice my size. And I was like, yeah, I think I'm done talking to that guy. <laughs> so that one woke me up and realized not to be that way. 
another time I set goals for myself to talk to so many people in a day. And uh, I was running short on time and I went into a bookstore and I came up, a, you know, behind somebody and I said, uh, wow, that's a very interesting magazine you're looking at. That dude stopped, turned around. He says, I don't want what you have. I don't want to buy anything you're trying to sell. And I'm not getting into anything you want. I was like, holy crap. Wow. <laughs> so that kind of pushed me back real quick. And again, realized that you have to be yourself. And like, I, you know, we've talked in the past, man, just don't be weird. You know, uh, we all have our own weirdness about us and we need to learn to embrace that. But when you try to be somebody you're not, that's when you're weird. And my stepfather taught me, man, he says, look, never forget who you are and where you came from. Just always try to be a better man. And if you can do that, you'll always grow. So I lost track of that when I first started my handway business and I was out there being weird. And uh, I got put in check real quick, man. <laughs> so yeah, some weird moments, some awkward moments for me, but again, and suck to break, you know, uh, uh, embrace the suck and, and move on, you know. So I took both of them really tough moments and decided at that time, I'm done. I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm just going to go live my life and do what I need to do. <laughs> so, yep. Hope that helped, buddy. Absolutely. That was awesome. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Mike, very much. And, you know, all the best to you and Autumn and the kids and the, and the granddaughter and just much success. And may you bless many more people. Thank you, buddy. I'm proud of you, man. I really am. You keep up the hard work you're doing. You're going to make this thing rock and roll. Appreciate it. Thank you. And thank you all for listening. If you like what you heard, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, formerly known as iTunes, and to hear more meaningful conversations with people like Mike, please subscribe to this podcast wherever you might be listening. That's all. Thanks. And goodbye for now. Bye.